2019. Oh my God, so weird. Hi. This is Two Girls, One Ghost. Two Girls, One Ghost. And this is our very first Encounters episode of 2019, and we are your ghostesses. That is Corinne, and I'm Sabrina. And this is the first Encounters episode of 2019 that kicks off the Encounters being every week instead of by monthly. Mm-hmm. So it'll be weekly. weekly. So we'll have... It means the same thing, I think. Bi-weekly means that twice a week. Bi-monthly means twice a month. No, bi-weekly still, it still, it can mean the same thing because you can get paid bi-weekly, which means every two weeks. It has the same meaning. Okay. But it means the two opposite things. So that's really I helpful in English language. About the American, about the English language. About the, about the American language. <laughs> God. It's 2019 and nothing has changed. Great start. Great start to the year. You guys know what Losing you're here for. Cells. You know what you signed up for. You pressed play. <laughs> well, luckily you get to hear less of us just shooting the shit and more of us reading emails from you guys because yes. this is Encounters. It is. Let's get spooky. Okay. Do you want to kick us off? Sure. I'll go first. This is from Lee and the subject line is, I was the ghost of screen six. Hello, ghostesses. I found your podcast after catching up on MFM and needed something in a similar style to keep my days of monotonously photographing clothes on mannequins from driving me insane. You said you wanted to hear ghost stories from other podcasters, and I host a show called Balls Deep. Feel Feel free to admit the name. It's nothing related to the supernatural, albeit not as successful as you two. Uh, I'm actually quite jealous. that name, we're keeping it in. Oh, yeah. I mean... We're two girls, one ghost. We totally get the sexual innuendos. Maybe our podcast should marry each other. Oh, my God. Two girls, Balls one ghost. deep and two girls, one ghost. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, anyway. It. Okay. I'm actually quite jealous that you two are across the country from each other and still manage to create a show every week, whereas I live within 20 minutes of my fellow hosts and can never get them to record. <laughs> So as I'm binge listening through your show and I keep hearing little things I have to reply to or little anecdotal things I think might make you laugh, etc. Sorry, this is going to be a long one. That's what she said. So in <laughs> so in one of your episodes, one of you said something along the lines of, if you're sitting on a chair or couch and someone comes over and sits on you, then I might believe you're a ghost. And that reminds me of a very funny and slightly relevant story. We're going to jump back in time to June of 2006. I was studying photography at Blackburn College, a small northern industrial industrial town in England. It was the 6th of June, 2006, or 6606, and the remake of The Omen was having a screening at 6.06 p.m. It was a no-brainer. We had to go. Side note, I'm writing this email over a week or so when I get time, and the following section was written before I heard the episode discussing the haunted movie sets and the omen. Anyway, none of my classmates wanted two absolute wet bags, so I stayed in town on my own for two hours after college and headed over to the cinema. I bought my ticket and headed into screen six. They were on point with the 666 gimmick. I walked into a completely empty screen. I'd scored the jackpot. I could take the optimum optimum viewing seats, middle row, middle seat. So that's what I did. And at this point, I should make note that as it was summer, I was dressed appropriately, black skinny jeans and a black hoodie in a dark room by myself. So the trailers start up and I'm eating my snacks, waiting for the film to start when in walk two other guys. Oh man, an empty screen, one of them said. Obviously, I was difficult to spot in my black attire in the dark screen. 
like a spoopy ghost. <laughs> and I watched the two lads walk up the aisle debating which row to sit on. They stopped on my row and start edging along, not paying attention to the seats. Both of them fixated on the screen. I watched in silence as I stepped closer and closer until one of them was directly in front of me and said, here will do, as he started to sit directly in my lap. <laughs> what? All right, mate, colloquial slang. I said as he made contact with my crotch, he was not expecting anyone <laughs> to be there. He, as they say, shit bricks, shouted out some expletives, and threw his popcorn everywhere. We all laughed it off, and the two lads sat, ne sat next to me for the film, and we parted our ways afterwards. For all they knew, I could have been the ghost of Screen 6. <laughs> In another episode, I mentioned you. I heard you mention Peaky Blinders. Fun trivia, anything that is supposed to look like 1920s Birmingham is shot in the northern quarter in Manchester, right across from the studio I work at. So while they were shooting season two, I snuck on set and liberated a piece of set decoration, which was a vintage-looking advert poster that was posted onto one of the walls. And I actually got spotted as I was taking it down, and in my best Irish accent, I said, Don't worry, ladies, I'm just stealing this, and walked off. <laughs> I love it! The second time I tried to sneak onto the set was as they were shooting the most recent series. And without spoiling anything, there's a scene where Tommy Shelby, the handsome Cillian, was <clears throat> firing a submachine gun into an alley from an elevated position. Anyway, I was stopped by security as I was sneaking in, and I jokingly told him about the last time I snuck onto the set, and he said, you must be a real fan then, and handed me a 45 caliber blank handgun cartridge Cillian had fired in the shooting scene and said, your man Cillian killed a bad guy with this, and then he walked off. And that cartridge has wow. a pride of place on my desk. That's a serious piece of set you're taking I with you. No. Another subject you discussed recently was broken watches. Many years ago, my great uncle Fred gave me his wristwatch to my mom to pass on to me. It's a very old watch and he must and must have cost him a pretty penny back when he bought it. Not being the kind of guy to substitute my classic Casio digital bad boy, the watch has spent most of its life safely stored away. On some special occasions, I would pull it out and wear it though. Sadly, a couple of years after he gave me the watch, Fred passed away. When I found out, I immediately felt I should wear his watch in memory, but it had stopped. I tried to wind it, but it refused to start up again. I never knew what time Fred passed away, but it never felt right to change the time on the watch after that. I feel it stopped for a reason. Hopefully, it's not a bad sign. Now, onto an actual ghost story. By profession, I am a photographer. I work for myself and do a lot of freelance jobs. One of these found me briefly as a photographer for a new TV production company, the company had a few ideas they wanted to shoot as pilots. One was a ghost hunter style show, and I've always been really into the paranormal and was super keen to work on the show. They had already shot a 15 minute test before I was brought on board about the Pendle Witches, a little bit of spooky history from my neck of the woods there, but that was never released. They gathered together a full creative team, including two rather reputable spiritualist mediums in order to shoot the hour long pilot episode. The pilot was to be recorded in an old naval barrack. My main job was to ph photograph the whole place, shoot the behind the scenes of the crew setting up and grabbing shots of the medium and investigators at work before the nighttime lockdown. And the whole thing went really well. We got some great footage and plenty of spooky things happened. I even ended up being drafted into the investigation when everyone refused to climb through a tiny hole into an adjoining room that had been bricked up in the cellar. It was pitch black, super confined, and covered in dust, but I grabbed a DV camera, a flashlight, and climbed through head first. I sat in there alone for about 30 minutes while the rest of the team returned to the ground floor. 
first floor to you confused Americans wondering what the hell a ground floor is to continue their their investigations. (laughs) Sadly, nothing happened while I was calling out and recording. Later in the night at 3 a.m., to be precise, we set up in the drill hall in a circle with cameras rolling on us. The medium called out to any spirits that might be present and explained that we were going to do an EVP session. The plan was the medium, again, name redacted, so he isn't associated with the company, walked around the inside of the circle and points to the dictaphone dictaphone at each of us, giving us the opportunity to ask a question and waiting a little while for a reply. He made his way around to me and I thought for a brief moment and then asked, who am I? We all gathered in to rewind the tape and listen for any responses. Everyone was asking things like, is there, is there anyone present? Or how did you die? I know, right? LOL. And none of them got a response. Then came my question. And as clear as day in a harsh whisper was, Lee. And then another name, which didn't sound like my surname. We listened to it several times and everyone agreed that it definitely said Lee, but they couldn't work out what the surname and second word was. They all agreed it definitely wasn't the surname they knew me by, but I knew what it said. I pulled out my driver's license and handed it to a medium. His eyes widened. My driver's license had my birth surname on it, which I changed when my folks got married, but never legally changed it until recently. So all of my IDs was in my old name and everyone knew me by my new name. Either way, whatever replied on the EVP knew my birth surname and not not a single other person in that building knew it, only me. We got no further responses and no other activity in the drill hall. One final story before I leave off. When I was a lot younger, my mom, mum, correct spelling of mom for you there, took me over to a rescue shelter to adopt a cat. We spent hours looking at the many cats they had on offer at the shelter, sitting with them and playing with them, etc., trying to find, find one that we bonded with who could come home with us. We made it onto the final row, row of cells, and there was an older but well-groomed black cat washing himself. As I approached the door, he lifted his head up and turned to see what the noise was. He was missing his left ear. His name was Ricky. He had been adopted and returned many times because people felt sorry for his missing ear and then decided he wasn't for them. We took him home immediately and he lived with us happily for about six months when he sadly passed away. I like to think that he was waiting for us to come and adopt him so we can give him the best final few months of life we could before he crossed the rainbow bridge. He was a great little fella who always made me smile. I'll leave it there. Thanks for keeping us all entertained and spooked. I'll see you on the other side. And stay spooky and don't get possessed. Blatant MFM ripoff there. Lee. Okay, Lee's had a lot happen. Yes. The surname thing Surname thing is really freaking me out. I know. It just seems so personal and so targeted almost. And it's weird because no one else got a response until Lee asked, who am I? Yeah, what the heck? It's so weird how ghosts pick and choose what they want to respond to. And we've said this before, like ghosts don't like being asked how they died because it's similar to being asked how old you are as a woman. Or in what life. you weigh. Oh, yeah, or what you weigh. Which is not a your business. Actually, my mom was just saying she said that she always thought she was really heavy all for life. And then finally she realized not long ago that everyone's lying. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't really matter. She was like, why am I heavier than everyone? And then she's like, oh, it's because everyone lies. We humans lie about everything but the ghosts don't lie ghosts don't lie about the surname i love that the two guys who walked into the movie theater just didn't see lee and sat on lee's lap that kills me how how do you not see someone's face 
sitting there, their eyes looking at you, confused as you're getting way too close to yeah. them. Yeah. How oblivious do you have to be of your surroundings in order to sit on another person? Like, I get the dark clothing and stuff, but just nothing else makes I know. sense. It's weird. Damn. Okay, well, I have one to read. Okay. This is called Haunting on My Drive Home. Hi, ladies. I hope you are doing well. I just had to share a quick story that happened to me over the past few nights and freaked me out a bit. So I was driving home last week late after a late dinner gathering with some friends. I first have to paint the scene of where I was driving to show you how creepy it was. I was driving on a one lane each way, curvy back road with minimal street lamps. I, being smart, happened to be listening to your podcast during <laughs> my drive and, of course, was spooking myself out. Amazing. Usually I listen to your podcast during the day, but I was in the middle of learning about the crone of cat skills and wanted to finish the yep. story. Yeah. Not bad a one scary to one. To. I can't explain it, but I suddenly had an eerie feeling and caught a whiff of something spicy and musky, almost like a men's cologne, but less pleasant. There were no cars in front of me, and I happened to glance in my rearview mirror. Standing on the road was a tall, black, thin shape of a human figure. No. <sighs> Deep breathing. <sighs> oh my God, that in combination with the Chrono Cat skill playing. Ugh. Remember, there were barely any street lamps, so it was very dark, yet somehow, in the darkness, I saw this figure standing clearly. I need to reposition so I can see, have my toes underneath me. <laughs> Even though I only saw the outline, I could tell it was looking at me, and it didn't feel like a positive energy. I freaked out, and I sped faster, as if it would help me escape. When I looked in my rearview mirror again, the shape was gone. I tried to shake off what I saw as just my eyes playing tricks on me in the dark. The next day, I went out and about, running a few errands. After one of my appointments, I got in the car again, which was about 30 minutes after I had parked the car, and it absolutely reeked of the same spicy, musky smell. No. I quickly popped open the trunk, expecting someone to be hiding there, but my car was empty and all the windows were rolled up while I was out and about. I also definitely was not wearing any perfumes or lotions. And as I walked back towards the front of my car, from the corner of my eye, I saw a shape quickly dart. But when I turned, there was no one there. No. It felt like the same presence, though. <sighs> I don't know what this means or what it could be. No one I know has passed away recently that I could perhaps attribute these experiences to. All I know is that the vibe I got wasn't positive. It seemed dark. I haven't experienced anything in the past few days since then, and I hope it stays that way. I guess I'll keep you ladies posted if anything changes. Stay spooky and see you on the other side. Candace. No! <gasps> Candace! a current haunting. Oh, I need an update. I need to know, Candace. Please tell us. Because she sent that in June, so I don't... Yeah, she sent it in June. And what it... has been happening to you? We haven't Candace. heard back. <laughs> i hate that especially in combination with the fact that she was listening to the crone of cat skills episode because that episode was probably one of the scariest episodes we've done it was one of the scariest ones to research remember that was the one that i felt really uneasy and i felt yeah. like i shouldn't be writing about it and i felt like someone was watching me as i was doing it it's it's like it almost is like as if the spirit follows whenever it's being talked about or anything. So I wonder if it's related to the crown of, if it was just something on the road that found her that night. Yeah. Oh, chills. My whole body just I know, convulsed. Same. And I've been like unbelievably cold for the last 
40 minutes that I cannot get warm and I have a, like two sweatshirts on right now and long pants and socks. So I, and I'm in Los Angeles. So what's going on? <laughs> but I also wonder if maybe, and I'd be interested if she was, if she could do some research about the road that she was driving on and see if there was any reports of like accidents or I don't know, deaths in homes near that street. Because it could just be a random ghost that was, that is a, by that road that while she was listening to something scary and opening herself up and getting scared, it was able to appear and then like latch onto her. Yeah, but the thing about it being like this darker figure makes me think that it's more of an entity, which doesn't necessarily mean that it's, you know, attributed to any one particular incident. It could have just been lurking and... You know, she was the oh, one that went like by it. and she was already feeling a little open and nervous. And that was attractive at that moment. Candace, please tell us that you're okay. Yeah. Please let us know. Let us know. <sighs> this is from Hannah. And her subject line is tortured soul and creepy closet. Hi, ladies. My name is Hannah. And this story is Cray. I grew up in what you would consider a dysfunctional household and not in the comical, amusing kind of way, like actual bad stuff going on and my parents making not so great decisions in their marriage. This plays in as a part of the story. In eighth grade, the dysfunction was at its highest. I started seeing shadows in my room, uneasy feelings, and had to sleep with my door closed or else the dark figures would pop their heads into my room from the hallway. I would just sit in my bed and scream. My mom said it was either sleep paralysis or I was totally faking. My dad, however, acted always acted so strange about my situation, and I didn't know why until about a week ago. Side note, my mom put holy water on my head while I was asleep, and the shadows eventually stopped. So fast forward to now. After many years of peace in my family, the old bad things between my parents started up again. I figured before my mom even told me, because I feel and hear things in my house most when things with my parents are bad. I live seven hours from my parents. So two Sundays ago, I walked into my house and immediately felt uneasy. I called my boyfriend to come over and stay with me because I didn't want to be alone. We are both Christians, so he put up a cross at the end of the hallway. And my bedroom door is the last door in the hallway, so the cross is right next to my door. I was woken up by my dog growling and barking at my bedroom door. My dog never growls, so of course I was freaked and told whatever it was to just go away. The next day, my mom told me that in the middle of the night, at the exact same time, something was in my room. My dad was saying he wanted to kill himself and talking dark thoughts. Oh. I told my mom about what my dog did, and she responded with, yeah, your dad and his demons have been going at it. Um, what? Oh my gosh. She proceeded to tell me that 10 years ago, my grandfather was sick, my dad's dad, and my father wanted to tell him about Jesus and heaven. Well, my dad never got the chance, and he died days before. My dad was so upset, he prayed for a month, please let me see my dad one more time. And then he finally heard a voice and said, okay, you can see your father. He never tried to discern who the voice was from and disagreed with the voice. That night, my dad has what he described as a very real dream where he could smell and feel and touch. That night in his dream, he saw two blacker than black figures carrying my grandfather out of a dark hole. My grandfather looked like he had been at war, bloody, bruised, burned, and clearly traumatized. Jeez, um. My grandfather looked at my dad and said, you need to leave, son. Run as fast as you can away from here. And then a loud voice yelled at my dad, you don't belong here. And my dad woke up. He said he believes he was actually in the outskirts of hell and didn't belong because he was Christian. 
Ever since then, for 10 years, my dad fights demons in his sleep and sleeps with a crucifix under his pillow. My mom said his hands will start shaking. He'll sit up and look in his closet and scowl at it. Get out of here. Get out of here. Leave me alone. He also says he can tell if someone has a demon attached to them. It's a tough subject for my dad and only my mom knows about it because he's too embarrassed people will think he's crazy. I don't think my dad is possessed, but just tortured by these demons he unknowingly made a deal with 10 years ago. That's why he treated me so weird as a child because he thought the demons messing with me was his fault. His fault. It also explains his behavior, my parents' problems along the years, his now suicidal thoughts, and the things that still mess with me on occasion. One thing I wonder and want your opinion on is that my grandfather was diagnosed with schizophrenia at age 10. What if he wasn't schizophrenic? What if he was actually just tortured by the demons and did actually see things? My dad has a lot of my grandfather's personal items in that closet where he sees things, so maybe it's just so just a thought. Just a warning to everyone out there to be careful and protect yourselves. Thanks, ladies, and see you on the other side, Hannah. This actually reminds me a lot of one of the plots in the book, Miss Peregrine's School for Peculiar Children or whatever the title is, because the boy, the main boy, and his grandfather both have this ability where they can see these like demon creatures, essentially, Mm -hmm. and no one else can, and they have to like fight them. Yikes. And it it's just such an interesting thought to think that there are people that can see things that other people can't. Yeah. And like have this responsibility that we can't even fathom. Like her father trying to protect himself yeah. and his household from these beings. Dark entities. Yeah. And it's almost like if his, if Hannah's grandfather, her dad's dad, had been seeing these throughout his life which was diagnosed with schizophrenia, which I'm not to say not to say that it wasn't schizophrenia, but as a hypothetical, if he was seeing these demons throughout his life when he passed away, it was similar to like the hat man, which is a hereditary thing where like people throughout families will see it, that it got passed on to her father. God, can you imagine feeling like you're like in the outskirts of hell and you have to like battle to stay safe? No. Oh God. Because so like you, if you saw someone you loved in pain like that even if it's a dream personally the first thing i would want to do is to help them and save them and it's like but you shouldn't be there because you need to keep yourself safe like how do you oh that's so scary and then also the idea of like a voice saying you can see your dad fine you can see it and like making this deal with a darker entity that you like we always say this about how darker entities feed off of like your deepest desires and like promise make promises to you in exchange for unfortunately you your soul yeah don't make any deals with the devil guys as much as illuminati may dm you on instagram (laughs) we've had multiple illuminati illuminati members dm us and they just send us pictures of money my brother and his roommates have a guinea pig named flanders his instagram account is flanders fucks i love it and the illuminati dm'd flanders the other day and was like join us and one of them responded from flanders account and was like i'm a guinea pig they're expanding into animals they're trying to get flanders to join there's gonna be a whole guinea pig illuminati section well maybe i'll join then it's sounding more appealing now (laughs) if there are plenty of guinea pigs corinne will be there all right this is an email from riley 
is called Me and My Friends Ghost Experiences. Insert creepy music. Hey girls, first of all, I just wanted to say I love your podcast. It's so good. I've been listening to it every chance I get. My name is Riley and my friend's name is Esmeralda. Now on to the stories. They're short though. LOL. I love when people write like they're talking. Me It's fun too. to read. I agree. Just as a side note, we both hate being up at 3 a.m. Who doesn't? I was actually thinking about that the other day because one of the girls in my book club is a night nurse or like she she does night nurse stuff for like newborns on the side, but she's also just a nurse that works the night shift. Right. And I was like, she just like lives her life at 3 a.m. like a regular person. Yeah. I wonder if she ever gets creeped out or if she's just like, this is my day. Well, if she's working in a hospital at night, I'm sure she does get creeped out. Yeah. Who wouldn't? Uh, Okay. I don't know. Maybe there are really brave people out there. Okay. Anyway, back to Riley and Esmeralda's story. This is Riley's story. Mine took place at my grandma's house. I've had a lot of experiences at my grandma's house, but this scared me the most. I was in bed watching YouTube and I checked what time it was and it was exactly three o'clock. It had just turned three when I looked and both my little dogs started barking at my door. I had all of my lights on and the shadow came out of my door and walked more like floated to the end of my bed. At this time, my dogs were freaking out and barking like crazy. And the shadow reaches out and touches the bigger dog and the shadow disappeared. But the dog that was touched just passed out asleep. (gasps) Oh my God, did it possess the dog? Right as the shadow disappeared, my lights turned off. And that was the last time I slept alone at my grandma's house. That is so scary. Holy crap, holy crap, holy crap. That's such an intense story. It like, it's like sucked. short and it happened in just a moment, but wow. <sighs> it's almost like it took the dog's energy and made it pass out because it like... Oh my God. Yeah, that's terrifying. Oh, and then it used that energy to turn the lights off. <gasps> I hate it. Okay, now we're on to Esmeralda's story. My friend's story. My friend told me this and I'm just writing it down for her. <laughs> he... <laughs> I love it. Tell us your friend's stories, too. It doesn't yeah. matter if you get permission from them. It was also barely turning three as well, and she decided that she was going to try to go to sleep, but she couldn't. And by my understanding, she glanced at her bedroom door for a second, but looked back because she had seen someone, like, looking through her door right at her. Oh. And, like, it, in quotes, was leaning over to the side to look through the door. <gasps> no. She quickly grabbed her phone and tried to turn on her flashlight, but it wouldn't turn on. And she tried over and over. And by the time that she turned it on and she flashed it at her door, the figure was gone. Also, when we were talking about this, we found out that both of our experiences happened on the same day. What? All right. We love you guys. Stay spooky. See you on the other side. Bye. I almost wonder if like, because they're such good friends, they feel they like have shared experiences in the paranormal world like when one person experiences something the other does too doesn't have to be the exact same thing but yeah i don't know maybe it it does also make me wonder if it's something to do with when people are in like that high school or middle school or in that neighborhood if it's not just them if it's a a lot of people like all of the kids all at once but it's just only the people that talk about it figure it out. They have like an, a, sc- a school assembly and they're like, okay, 
who's had an experience this on this night let's all share what happened and get down to the bottom of this oh my god that's so scary ew and to see something like leaning over and like trying to like look at look at you you. No, no 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 thanks the other theory i had i mean i know this definitely was like a scary experience so maybe not but like what if riley and esmeralda were were are traveling souls and like have a a history in another life and that whatever this entity was if it was the same entity was visiting both of them on like a night that was important to their past life together wow you're kind of like almost bringing in time travel in a sense kind of what an interesting theory i always like when you find something positive in something that seems very clear-cut scary (laughs) That's what we try to do here sometimes. On the off chance, it was a good shadow person. <laughs> or like maybe something bad happened in their in a past life to them while they were together. And there's like an echo of it in this current life. Horrifying experiences. Yes. Very. If you guys have any experiences, you listeners, and you want to share them with us, you can email them to us at twogirlsoneghostpodcast at gmail.com. We have a live show coming up in like a week. At the Hollywood Improv on January 13th at 9.30 p.m. It's on a Sunday. We Please would come. love to have you there. We'd love to spook you and get scared together because getting scared is always more fun with friends. And so please come support us. It would mean a lot to us and uh, the future of our show. There are other ways you can support our podcast. You can donate to our Patreon. You can rate and review us on iTunes. And you can rep our merchandise which we sell on our website through our big cartel page heck yes please rate us on itunes and then you can also follow us on all of our social media we have facebook instagram twitter and another way to support us is to support our sponsors and we will see you on the other side. side